This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Hello, Ryan. Good morning, Richard. Richard, actually, I normally just say Rich. Well, good morning, Richard, anyway. And yeah, what a weekend we have in store. Indeed, it's Derby week. Uh, with Swindon Town Football Club. Bit disappointed that no questions about the uh, shock exit from the Wiltshire Premier Shield wasn't mentioned in the presser. It's as if Ben Garner doesn't care or the local media. Shame on you all. <laughs> what matters more, hey, that competition or the um, Papa John's trophy? I'm not sure. I'll let you be the answer uh, of that one. But yeah, it was a it was a defeat. And you went down now, I have to say, yeah, local media, shame on us, we didn't. No, you probably did the right thing there, to be fair. But I had a lovely time. I did have to run for a train two times, both to get the train to Westbury and to get the train back. And I've hurt my foot as a result of it. So, yes, I'm I'm not a healthy person. So, you know, lesson learned yet again. Don't run for trains for things relating to the Wiltshire Premier Shield. Things I noticed from the last pod is that, you know, I've been a little bit poorly this week. And boy, howdy, did you, could you hear it in the last episode of the podcast? <laughs> I sound proper um, ill. So sorry about that. We are on Zoom for this episode. So the sound quality might not be as good as it usually is. So apologies for that. But uh, 
technical issues they are everywhere so let's get this press conference uh episode done because it's, it's a big weekend really in in terms of swindon i'm, I'm not going to pretend that bristol rovers is the biggest derby in in my mind i've said it a million times you know obviously oxford is number one but you know many people including myself do probably look at the bristol city game with a little bit more enthusiasm especially when it comes to beating them maybe not that's not right I do enjoy being Oxford but Bristol Rovers here we go plenty to talk about as always the press sort of mentions Bristol Rovers every now and again but really it talks about any other business um, throughout the week and it and it was no different this week because the big news so far has been the announcement that Ben Gladwin has signed a new contract, which is great news for the club because I think that takes us to about five contracted players for next season. Um, Hooray. Hopefully more to come. Ben Gladwin, I'm not going to pretend he's everyone's cup of tea. I think the majority do appreciate what he's all about, but there there is an element to the fan base that isn't a fan. What was your take on his new deal, Ryan? Well, I think it was your tweet that you put out that I quite liked, um, where it was another year of splitting opinions, um, because that is what Ben Gladwin does. You know, it's we all know the ability he has there, and probably some of us, when he came back this season, we expected to get the Ben Gladwin that we had a few seasons previous to this. Um, I think he's got experience. He's a good player. Ben Garner clearly wants him in the squad for his... um, spirit and the way he keeps people together off the field and his leadership qualities. Uh, we'll touch on the leadership group that Ben Glad- uh, Ben Garner has within this team later, but I think Ben Gladwin's probably quite a key part of that. Um, and it was interesting from Garner's point of view that he his physical output that Swindon Town look at after every game is, is extremely high. It's probably up there with all the other midfielders in the league. And it was... Um, ben Garner said, I think sometimes looks can be deceiving. Uh, when he was asked about kind of the fans' view of Ben Gladwin. Um, And sometimes what you see is what you believe. But actually, if you look at the numbers behind it, then you see a difference. My personal view is that, yeah, he's a good player. He he has a place in the team this season. But I'm not, you know, if Swindon were to get promoted, I don't know how effective he'd be for us in League One. Yeah, it really does depend. I mean, I'm not going to continually go down that road of fitness record because you know, touch wood so far this season. And we're only, we're already halfway through the new, the new fitness guys have worked wonders on the majority of players, you know, Baudry aside, he's been injured quite a bit, but the others who I expected to be in and out the side quite, quite constantly haven't been. And that's down to Ben Garner's sensible approach to, Team selection too, really, because he has had them on one on one off, which you know, in League One, might not be able to get away with because you need your best players uh, around at all times. But hey, it's worked this year, hasn't it? Well, it has worked, and Ben Garner touched on that in his press conference this morning. He actually gave so much credit to the sports science department, and we all know how heavily that has been invested in by Garner and his staff this season. At Swindon, in Ben Garner's words, have only had one soft tissue injury all season. Um, and they're the ones that you can try and control. You know, they're the ones that you're more likely to pick up in training or through having poor man management in terms of physi- physiotherapy, sports science. 
um, playing players too often. So they've really been able to control that. Uh, impact injuries are out of your hands, you know, with, with the case of Jack Payne at the moment. Um, but Bengal just feels that, you know, the investment in sports science, the investment in kind of having people to actually know what they're doing and also having a consistent training week whereby, you know, your bodies are going through much of the same week on week is really helping Swindon. And that's why he feels that Ben Gladden has been able to be available for every game. Just while I mentioned injury, Jack Payne is not available for tomorrow. He is progressing well, hopefully back on the grass next week with the team. Uh, and you mentioned Matthew Baldry there. He's actually been training with the team this week um, and could possibly feature. I doubt he'd start, but he could feature in the squad for tomorrow's match. Yeah, the way we talk about his surname, it's no surprise that they call him Frenchy because is it Baldry? Is it Baldry? Is it something else? I don't know. I'll never get to grips with that one. Good news on pain and last note on Gladwin. I'm, I, I think I'm more about consistency. I, I don't want us having 15 new players for a second season in a row. That That's not the way forward. So it's great that they're getting the deals done. Okay, so you've, you've dealt with availability. So it takes my next question away. Great. The next one, though, is the surprising return surprising early return of Jojo Wallacott who had like the dream of being selected for the AFCON for Ghana but it didn't go to plan for him but he's back now is it too soon to say he's he's match ready for us uh, you know given the kind of tolls that long air travel can have on your body and also getting back into the team setup once again and kind of the training is going to be totally different to what he was undergoing um, away with Ghana at the AFCON Cup. It's probably is too early for him to be featuring tomorrow. I'd be very surprised if he does. Um, like you said, it was a shock exit, wasn't it? Uh, Comoros 3-2 against Ghana um, on Tuesday meant that for Swindon Town fans, it's good news because Jojo Wallacott's back. He landed back yesterday. I understand he's back in the building at Swindon Town today. Uh, ben Garner will be having a chat with him. He'll be getting involved in training again. But yeah, I feel it's just going to be a little bit too early uh, for him to feature tomorrow. Okay, then. So Derby Day, Bristol Rovers, Joey Barton, Brett Pittman. Well, here we go again. Bristol Rovers have had a funny old season, really. Sitting 16th place, having played 22 games, won eight, drawn five, lost nine. I referenced in, in the last pod that they've, they've sort of turned things around, but I think that's been a bit misleading because I've just not noticed them losing. Well, that's because they've had four games called off in a row. So um, they have won the last two games, but there was over a month between those. So in the league, that is. So they they beat Rochdale in December 4-2 and they beat Hartlepool on January 15th, 2-0, thanks to two late goals. It's all cliches, but it's Derby Day. They'll be up for it. They'll have a sold out away end. I love these games. I really, really do. It, there's nothing better than playing a, a, a team that's local to you that bring a lot of fans and really want to get something from it. And it, it might mean that we'll see a little bit different game this weekend. Yeah, Bristol Rose, like I said, a very strange season. In many ways, I compare it to our season uh, last year in League One. Not quite as disastrous, but what I mean by that is, you know, Bristol Rose, they they might win one game, get a two-game win streak, look to try and bounce back and then they'll go on this period of defeats or likewise withdrawals as well. So very strange season for them. Like I said, a lot of separation between us and them in the table, Swindon up in fifth, challenging for automatic spots. 
Bristol down in 16th, trying to starve off relegation. I don't think they'll get relegated. I think they're too good for that. They've won the last two games, but they've had quite a few games cancelled because of COVID. Tomorrow's going to be a brilliant occasion. Ben Garner feels the exact same way. And, it, and Ben Garner really, really touched on the fans for tomorrow's match. You mentioned there, you know, it's not the biggest kind of derby. We all know Oxford is the biggest, but for Swindon Town fans, this is the biggest we'll have this season. It was a great atmosphere down at Rovers earlier in the season when we got that win. And, and tomorrow, Ben Garner's hoping for the same. He doesn't enjoy these games as a spectator. He's clearly purely focused on the game. But the, the his words were, the better the atmosphere is here, the more that that helps us. And that's what they want tomorrow. They want to replicate that atmosphere from Man City. Of course, there's not as many fans there as what we had then. Um, but it really does help the team to perform to a higher level. But he also understands that they need to play well too get that response from the crowd so it's kind of a catch-22 play well you get the response play poorly you don't so it, you know Swindon hopefully will have a good turnout tomorrow yeah I really do hope the fans especially those who are more floating in terms of their attendance who went to Manchester City saw the potential in the squad that we have and just a good time you can have in the terraces right and you know I think a few fans have noted the empty seats or the available seats ahead of this game. And, you know, obviously they're going on the, come on, you go to Man City. These are the ones. And I think we can create just as good an atmosphere. The atmosphere against Man City was fine. It wasn't the best one I've ever experienced. And I've I've heard better atmospheres for, for other games with less fans in the stands. So I'm really, really hoping we do our bit. It's a huge, huge moment for our season because the momentum is there. Good result last week, great result last week, and let's build on it. Because if you if you think about where Bristol Rovers are and, and their season, if this wasn't a derby, you'd be expecting three points from this all day long, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. You know, Bristol Rovers are down there towards the bottom half table and a, and a win for Swindon would take us up onto the same level of points that Sutton currently are in third position on 43. So... It's a massive opportunity for Swindon to now kick on again and, and start to pick up more points in the second half of the season, like you mentioned. And I think that Dion Conroy summed it up when he came out after the victory over Port Vale the other day and said, said that the aim is to now push on for automatic promotion. This is a massive opportunity. And like like you said, look at the table uh, difference between the two sides. Swindon should be beating this Bristol Rovers team, but of course with a derby... Emotions run high and an early red card for either team could could spell disaster. <laughs> Man, there's your prediction. I was going to say like in terms of the squad, I don't expect any changes from the Port Vale win, really. And this is a, a, a midfield rotation like he sometimes does, Ben Garner. But I think it's only fair that the, the 11 that start from last week do this week, but wouldn't you say? I'd entirely agree. Why change something that works so well? We know that Ben Garner sometimes, he always goes to this line as I take each opponent as it comes. But if you look at the players that you have available, kind of following that that performance the other day, it's hard to see who would come out. Ben, uh, sorry, Jordan Lydon. I did feel a bit sorry for him. I'm sure some Swindon fans did in the sense that he lost his place uh, in the side. He could possibly be recalled, but, you know, Gladwin put in a man the match performance the other day. So at the same time, it'd be unfair to, to pull him out. I am going for 2-1 Swindon. You know, I'm going to feel even more comfortable than that. I'm going to go for, I think I predicted the same last week and it didn't happen. I'm going to go for 3-0. Yeah, and well, you predicted three points last week, which I certainly didn't. I went for a draw, but I think I was 
thinking a loss and well always always happy to be proven wrong come on swindon fairly short run up here referee blows his whistle Gladwin with the penalty driven elegantly into the bottom corner and swindon lead late in the derby here will ben garner gets the win he wants at rovers it's bristol rovers one swindon two well struck spot kick we move away from Bristol Rovers for a few moments because the majority of the questions aren't about the bloody game. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the presser. Um, it's transfer season. It's been a quiet week for Swindon. The club have clearly been enjoying the wording of their social media content by being delighted to announce, which piques everyone's interests when they've got the uh, when they've got their tweets and so forth on alert only to find out it's another partner for the portfolio um wonderful news for the club but fans are looking for those signings so much so that they're they're getting excited by Aaron Ramsey related silliness which was great fun this week well we all know it's been a slow transfer window you'll hear my chat with Ben Garner later on when we play you the audio of what I asked him about kind of lack of transfers because it has been a lack of transfers you know we had two players in the start of the window and since then it's been very quiet. The thing for Swindon Town at the moment is they they identified Ben Garner and Ben Chorley, identified the players that they want to bring to the club during this window. Swindon are still light in terms of numbers, was Garner's analysis, but good in terms of quality. And we, we all know that. The, the problem is, is, you know, touch would be done, but should you get one or two injuries, the, the situations then looks very, very different going into the last stage of the season. Several different avenues are currently being explored. There's lots of, well, I say lots of several different players that Garner wants to bring into the club. Chats are ongoing with them. The embargo rules do make things slightly more difficult at the same time to make them a bit easier in Garner's eyes because you know what your limitations are. Um, but he's close in a couple of sign-ins. We've heard that recently, but hopefully closer than what he said previously. Uh, and and the, and we're expecting deals are done next week for players. Yeah, and, and, and of course he was asked about Kane Kessler-Hayden, which is just uh, patience is a virtue sort of response, wasn't it? Very much so. I said in our last presser pod that if he was included in that um, match day squad for the game against Manchester United, then it'd be very unlikely that we'd see him back at Swindon Town. Of course, if you look to the bench when you saw Philip Coutinho be coming on, you'd have seen Kane Kessler-Hayden sat directly next to him. So I would be very surprised if he comes back. Ben Garner said there's still discussions ongoing. They're waiting for confirmation, but it doesn't look like Kane Kessler-Hayden will be returning to the county ground. Is that your hunch or was that the vibe you got from Mr. Garner? Well, there was a couple of quotes that came out of Aston Villa recently. Um, I understand whereby they were speaking of how delighted they are with the way he's looked since he's come back to, to Aston Villa. Ah. The fact of that and that I've said that you know he was included in a matchday squad. If you're making a matchday Premier League squad, you're not just there to make up the numbers. You're there because someone sees something in you. So... You know, it is I, it is my hunch, but it's it's a calculated hunch. We'll put it like that. Ben Garner was asked about promotion. Seems like a, a funny question to ask at this stage of the season. But I guess given what happened last summer, everything is so, uh, so positive right now. It is. And if we throw ourselves back to the summer and, you know, even a couple of weeks after that summer, we started having a good a good patch of form. Everyone was suddenly surprised that we were picking up points and getting victories when really we didn't expect that to be the case. The discussion was, and we had it so many times in this pod, Ben Garner was always saying, you know, avoid relegation, avoid relegation. Even months later, it was that. He was asked this question 
because of what Dion Conroy said after the Port Vale game in the week, um, in our last game, sorry. And Ben Garner feels, you know, we're in a position. We are now in a position. We've had this incredible run since the start of the season to now be contending for those automatic playoff spots. But he didn't want to get carried away. He was very clear that there is still a lot of work to do. We need to focus on what we on what we've done so well going into the second half of the season. And hopefully we can do that. And if we're successful, then come what be in, we'll see what position we're in. For me, I don't know if you agree, Rich, but for me, your automatic playoffs is a highly achievable target. Yeah, I would agree. I'm not, you know, I don't live in the moment with, with Swindon and I will stick to my guns and throw caution. I think the next month and a half is really big because there's a lot of home games um, in February, I believe. So, you know, we could have a real good sense of where we'll be next season in the next month or so, I would say. A couple of losses and we drop like a stone, potentially, depending on how results go elsewhere. So I think Swindon have just got to look after themselves, focus on themselves and keep getting positive results, don't they? Because, you know, if, if we win against Bristol Rovers, we're in the automatics and there's no reason to not get excited or be absolutely chuffed to bits with the way the season is going. It's just, just caution, just caution. I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm, I'm not, I'm not doom and gloom. I'm not pessimistic. I'm just taking every single sort of week, day, week, month as it comes with Swindon, because it could go over. We are lovingly placed right now. We are in a place where I'd rather be than where we could be. You know, I'd much rather be where we are right now than mid-table or struggling. So it, it's it's really, really good. And if you look back, if we don't go up this year, we'll look back and go, well, look where we were in January. We were in a great position. So, yeah, I agree. I think automatic promotion is absolutely achievable. You know, we can think about ourselves, but we've also got to think about the other teams and League Two, you know, Forest Green aside, you know, nobody's, no one's, tearing it up are they so let's make the most of that well I look at it in a very similar vein because you know I I, I said that I'm I'm not a Swindon diehard fan I report on Swindon I have a passion for Swindon but I I I have the ability to step back and just look at things as they are from a purely footballing perspective and if you go through some of those home games that we have coming up and the matches that we play Colchester away easy victory you'd hope given the form that they're in Crawley, a bit of a tougher match. Exeter's a hard match. It always is for ourselves. You've got the likes of Tranmere. That's going to be the really difficult one. You'd say possibly, you know, Tranmere are looking good as well. But Mansfield but, climbing up the table. You know, of course they? they are. And you look at all of these teams and you just think there isn't really anyone in there that, I, that you feel that Swindon would lose to. They can lose to because, of course, it's football and, and we've seen some very crazy results happen this season, as we always do. But there isn't anyone that I look at and say, actually, no, you know what? We probably are going to be the lesser, the unlikely team, the underdogs in that game. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, lot, lots of movement at the moment. You know, teams like Port Vale were in a fantastic position and they're dropping because they've just lost two on the bounce. You know, Salford will do what Salford do and that's bring in a couple of relatively known names in the EFL in January and they'll either climb or they'll stagnate sack a manager and go through the same cycle again Tramier doing wonderfully everyone's talking about them if we win our game in hand we're only two points away from them you know it's it really it really is nicely balanced um nicely poised for Swindon shall we shall we listen to your questions let's go for it Rich 
Hi Ben, good morning. Um, morning. Just a just a couple really. Um, that victory at Port Vale the other day, it kind of marked a bounce back from defeat against Mansfield. And, and this season, your team's been in this position whereby you might incur defeat, but then you really look to always find the ability to bounce back. And there's never really been a run where you've gone kind of you know three, four, five defeats on the row. So you know, how have you been able to kind of create that type of feeling that you can bounce back? Because it's it's quite rare for some teams to be able to do that. Uh, I think the team spirit's a big part of that, which is more credit to the players, mm. I would say, for their camaraderie and their togetherness in that dressing room. Um, I think consistency has been the key thing. We don't change uh, what we do. So, for example, we win Saturday at Port Vale. We're not coming in high-fiving each other and fantastic. And let's have an easy week. We're, we're back to work and we continue the same process. We do the same after a defeat. Um, so we're not too high, we're not too low. We try and be consistent. We try and be consistent with our approach as a staff. Um, you know, for example, if we've won the game, uh, you know, I'm not over the top with the players. And likewise, if we've lost, I'm not not talking to them and sulking because we've lost the game. You know, I say what I need to say and then we move on. Um, and, we, and we try and be consistent with that. So, yeah, I think consistency has been a big factor in that. Um, moving on very quickly to the next game, regardless of what's happened in the previous one. And you talk about that team spirit off the pitch. Is that something that the players are just managing themselves or kind of a, a, are the staff kind of having to get involved ever or is it very much as just those the, the players really do pick themselves up? Yeah, I think part of it is quite organic, if I'm honest, in terms of we, when we recruited, we did a lot of due diligence on the characters and the backgrounds. Um, so we, we knew we were bringing in good people, um, but then you still don't know how they're going to gel. We try to create a culture and environment here to help that. Um, and, and we provide support for the for the players off the pitch in terms of their accommodation, their nutrition, etc. Um, but a lot of it is, is credit to the players. We've got a leadership group within the within the squad um, that I speak to very rarely, if I'm honest, because there's not a great uh, there hasn't been a great deal of need to. If there's something urgent or something important, um, then I can discuss with them. But as much as possible, I try and let the the leadership group and the senior players run the dressing room. Um, and there's a great togetherness, um, really, really close group, a lot of young, hungry players that want to improve and get better. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd say a good 80, 90% of that is, is down to the players and credit to them. And that leadership group, is that something you identify who you want in that group or do the players come to you at the start of the season and say, you know, kind of, we see ourselves as big characters or how does that work? Uh, that that was me at the start of the season. Um, with the time frame that we had, it was important just to um, get that going quickly. Um, and that wasn't a a big thing. That was just me speaking to them and and, and getting them together as a group. Um, and like I say, they 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 take care of the fines and their discipline and and the organisation organisation in that dressing room. And um, I, I don't want to have to go into that dressing room to be honest. I think it's the players' domain. It's for them to be comfortable and be themselves and, and to run it. Um, and you almost got to empower them to do that. And we've built a good culture here. Um, I think that's something that we can obviously still improve. We're always looking to, to add. Um, but as I say, huge credit to the players for what they've created and what they've done so far this season. And finally, just on transfers, um, had to get a lot done in the summer in a very short space of period. Now you've had this month and it's been a bit of a slow burner. What's the reasons for that? Is it the embargo causing some kind of making things harder or have you actually been beaten to a few deals by other clubs as well? 
No, there's no one that we've we've missed out on um, yet. We're, we're, it's just been the process that's been ongoing with with the players that we're speaking to and that we'd like to bring to the football club. So, what we will do, and we did the same in the summer. For example, it's a longer window in the, obviously in the summer, mm. but um, Lewis Reed, for example, took probably a month um, from from start to finish. But rather than after two weeks going, well, he's not come said yes yet. Let's move on. We wanted to focus on the players that we wanted. We're doing the same now, basically. Um, we were able to get a couple done quickly uh, with, with Manny and Jake coming in. Um, and then obviously the situation changes sometimes with lone players as it's done. Mm. Um, but we're, we, we've done a lot of good work. We've had a lot of great conversations. Uh, we're very hopeful of bringing some really good football players to the club that I think will really improve us. And um, yeah, as soon as we can get those done, we will. Brilliant. See you tomorrow, Ben. Good luck. Okay, then. So, our ability to bounce back after defeats. It's all about team spirit, says Garner. That is, that is the verdict from Ben Garner. I, I, there's more to it than that. There's been a lot of times this season, and, and I don't know the exact stat. I've let yourself down because I've not gone and done my research of how many losses we've gone on the bounce before bouncing back, but I know it's not many. That Mansfield performance was really the catalyst for this question because we had that hard defeat on us. A lot of people were expecting us to go and then get walloped by Port Vale or at the very least beaten quite kindly by them. We didn't. We bounced back again. And it's been this narrative, the season whereby Swindon don't go on losing streaks. You know, you might go on a couple of of games of, of a defeat where you don't play particularly well, but we always find a way to bounce back. And we also don't look to draw many games either in that same vein of fashion. So Ben Garner summarised it, as you've heard him there. The team spirit is where these players go back into the dressing room, regardless of the result. We we remain consistent and we try and keep things the same. And, and the players pick themselves up and they and they have this team spirit that works in there. And and that, that is great to hear. And that's what we want to hear. Of course, you can't just have team spirit and expect to then win every game, but it certainly helps. That led nicely to your next question about unity. It did. I just wanted to delve into that a little bit more with Ben Garner and and find out how this has been the case. Because different circumstances, I know that on the face of it, but last season there was no team unity, really. There There was players going out on social media. There was players that clearly had had fallings out with the management that, you know, whether we wrote articles about it or not, or they confirmed it or not, you knew that things weren't going well there at Swindon Town. And this season, it's such a a turnaround. The players are happy. You see that from their expressions on the pitch, the way they play, the stuff they post out online. You see that from the fans, the club. There's just such a good, you summarise it each week, a feel-good vibe. And it's it's really from Ben Garner's perspective, the fact that he leaves the players to it. They've created this culture of providing support for the players off the pitch. But in the train, in the dressing room, it's it's the players that run that area. Bengon doesn't like to go in there. And it's a really cr- close group of lads and players that want to improve and get better. And I think there's a there's a really good feel that these Swindon players have formed their own little family at the club. And is that the leadership group? Um, yes. So Garner touched on this. It's the first time we've really heard much about this leadership group. He didn't mm. want to go into names of who was in there. I think if we all sat down and looked here, we could probably work out for ourselves who was in this leadership group. But he got that started very, very quickly when he came into the club in the summer because of the time frame that we had to get ready for our first game of the season. He really wanted that in place. They're in charge of fine discipline organisation and dressing room. And it's huge credit to them, he said, because 
it gives them the power to kind of hold each other to account, which I think is important. You can't just have a manager going in and shouting at players and, and calling them out for things. It's important you have players that can do it as well because, you know, sometimes you probably listen better to your teammates than you would do someone else coming in shouting at you. I know it's the case at work at times. Yeah, absolutely is. Okay, well, your last question, of course, you're not going to let them rest on on that <laughs> on that previous transfer window. And you observe what the fans are saying, don't you? That's your job as a journalist. You you look at other teams building their squads. I think it's been pretty quiet so far in League Two. It's the same old story. We have a month um, of saying signing players where we know they're all going to come in in the last week or so of the window, as, as they always do each and every time, but we still find ourselves talking about it. I think what was interesting here was the emphasis that we've not missed out on anyone. You know, it's it's just playing, you know, the patience game, isn't it? It's it's a case of the players that I'm sure Ben Chorley and Ben Garner have identified are players that many other League One and League Two teams have identified. And it's all about the pitch, the negotiation and the hope that Swindon Town is the right club for these players, isn't it? It's exactly that because I I wanted to ask the question because we've heard quite a lot that Garner said he's got targets in mind and that's from the very, probably in the weeks building up to the transfer window. We're not a case where we've made two signs at the start of it, but we've not seen much, much action recently. So I was wondering whether we have missed out on deals because other clubs can come in and offer transfer fees or offer to pay a bigger part of their wages, given the fact that we're under the embargo. But that's not the case, which is brilliant to hear. It's just a simple fact of Swindon are persevering with their current targets. You heard Ben Garner quote Louis Reed. That deal took over a month to conclude from start to finish. And it's probably the same as some other players. They want to just be sure that Swindon's the right choice for them. And, and any loan deals, parent clubs want to make sure of that as well. If we get towards the end of next week and I'm sat here in the same presser, Rich, telling you that, you know, Ben Garner's hopefully that the deals are going to get done soon, then it's squeaky bum time. But at the minute, I think we're hopefully going to see some action next week. When when does the window slam shut? So the transfer window shuts, January transfer window, no surprise, end of January, the last day at 11pm. I did know that. I wanted to research it because I didn't want to sound like an idiot and come on there and say, actually, it's not until sometime February. We all know that it's a January transfer window, 31st of January, 11pm. It shuts for the Premier League, for the EFL, for Scotland, it's midnight. But yes, that is when the deals have to be conducted by. How many do you reckon we'll get in? Purely off my instincts, which often let me down, Rich. I'm going to go for three players. Okay. Well, that's pretty much it. Bristol Rovers, big game for Ben Garner. He was asked about the importance of this game and it is something that, I I think about this is this is the game Garner wants to win you know well you know I want to win every game now this is the one this is the one that that Garner wants he wants to fist pump and turn towards the Rovers fans like he did last time and let's hope the players once again feel that and uh, reciprocate he was never going to go into to it like that, was he? And say that, you know, I really want to win this match, blah, blah, blah. Which is why we probably didn't prod him, prod him for, for an answer like that. We all know Ben Garner wants to replicate Jose Mourinho's knee slide down the down the <laughs> touchline with one finger to his mouth, pushing the Bristol Rovers fans as Harry McCurdy slots his second. But whether we see that or not is another thing. He seems like a very respectable manager, Ben Garner, but of course he wants, he wants to win this game. And, you know... Why wouldn't you want to 
anger Joey Barton. Well, absolutely. And he's not going to be able to do those knee slide running sort of things with that coat on. But good luck to him. Come on, Swindon. It's been a warts and all episode. You've heard my chair creak a million times, my mic phone, my microphone fall several times. But we got there in the end. Ryan, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Lowe's Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.